Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clip and Roll. I'm Justin Russo, joined once again by Tomer Azarli of Clutch Points. Tomer, what's going on, my brother? How you doing? How you been? Just taking it one day at a time. No, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Started going to the gym. I've had a really good week, really very productive week for myself. Uh, I'm a little tired, but I'm ready to, to talk some Clippers with you, bud. Uh, what do you mean by you had a productive week? What does that entail? That entails me waking up before 10 multiple times. Oh, okay. Uh, hitting the gym. Uh, actually getting a lot of work done uh, as opposed to starting later in the day. Um, got to see my nephew. Well, nephew and niece, I guess. Um, my best friend's not my not my brother's sister. Um, had a birthday party to go to, so yeah, it was cool. It was a very very, very busy week for me. I'm I'm excited. It was uh, excited for this week too because I got I got a baby shower to go to and some more gym time, some Clipper games coming up. So I'm hyped. I'm good. You're spending a lot of time around babies. Is there is there like something you need to tell us about what's going on in your life? Yeah, that if I don't have one in like the next year, I might just drive into a wall. My man got baby fever. <laughs> been having it. What do you mean? <laughs> got wow. it. Been having it, buddy. Wants to carry that Azarly name on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I love, I love children, bro. Come on now. Oh well, that's a little weird. <laughs> what the fuck? You made it so weird now. Yeah, I did. I. I yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um. Look, man, I'm glad you're going to the gym. One of us has to get in shape, and it sure as shit ain't going to be me. <laughs> well, you're going to the COD gym right now, so you're, you're doing work over there. So I, I will, I will, I will shout you out on that on that front. Yeah, yeah, my COD gym of like once every week. Well, I mean, you trying to play after this? <laughs> no, I'm I'm not. I'm gonna go to sleep after this because <laughs> I need to be respond. I've been I've been up t- since early. I was watching Arsenal play. And then I rolled into the Clipper game. What's early? Very, uh, I think I was up at That's like seven. I... Oh no, shot, bro! We played to like played cards like three. And I was up at seven. Stop. Okay. All right. I'll believe you on that. Have you seen the TikTok of the lady who tracked how many Monster Energy drinks she drank in a week? No, I have not. She drank twenty. Okay. Um. Someone responded to that. Why not just try cocaine? And I just looked at it and went, that's how I could only get four hours of sleep is, is you know, just heavy drugs. <laughs> and then I can do a podcast. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's already off the rails. It's already off the rails. Um, all right, everybody. What are we going to talk about? I forgot. What are we here to talk about? We're talking about the Clippers, baby. Oh, that's right. The LA Clippers. That's right. Okay. In March, the March Clippers, the March to the play in spot. Uh, the Clippers are four and three since the last time we actually recorded because unfortunately we are not responsible adults and I was dealing with some health issues. I'm fine now, everyone. Don't worry. I'm fine. Uh, I had Tomer to lean on who was actually worried about me. It was very cute. I didn't give a shit. Yeah, you, you were worried. You were worried. <laughs> I was. I was a little bit. Um, but they're four and three since, since we last recorded, they've had wins at Houston against the Lakers against the wizards and at Detroit. 
We are recording this on Sunday. This is uh, almost into Monday, the wee hours of Monday morning. But, you know, we're recording this technically after the Detroit game, so that they, they did that today. Um, their losses are to the Knicks at home, the Warriors on the road, and the Hawks on the road. So there's your four wins. There's your three losses. We're not going to really dissect any of the wins or losses because, truth be told, the wins kind of looked a lot like the same, um, especially the wins against the Wizards and the Pistons. The win the win against the uh, the Rockets, they were just better than the Rockets. Same thing with the win against the Lakers, which is not that shocking at this point based on how those two seasons are going. Uh, maybe it changes in the next couple of weeks. Who knows? But the loss of the Knicks, they really never had a chance in. Same thing with the Warriors game because they shot poorly. Uh, the, the, the Knicks game and the Warriors game, they shot atrociously. Um, the Hawks game, they were good offensively, not good defensively. So that's how you get a loss there. But four and three over any seven game stretch, let's just say it like this. Four and three over any seven game stretch is good because technically you're over 500 and that's a positive sign. The Clippers currently sit two games over 500. So where they are right now, and they're coming up to the tough part of the schedule. Like this is a, a really crazy tough stretch of, of games coming up. Their next 10 games are just absolutely brutal. However, considering the 36 and 34, Tomer, no matter what they do from here on out, how much of a success is this season in your eyes? How much of a success is this season? Is this season for at this stage right now? With Kawhi playing zero games, PG playing 26, Marcus missing a whole month. Uh, Nico, I mean, this is an incredible, incredibly successful season thus far. I mean, I, I, you could almost argue that if the Clippers even reach 42 wins, um, that it, it's a winning season. I mean, it's, it's, it's a success. I mean, considering all they've had to go through, um, I just I don't see how you can view it any other way. I mean, sure they've had some games maybe that fans think they should have won, and maybe some that they feel like they should have lost. Um, at the end of the day, this is a team without. Uh, what are they missing? 80, 80, 80 some points, eighty four points, something like that, with Norm PG Kawhi on the bench. Well, they're they're missing like a hundred and ten million dollars right now in players. Yeah, so you got you got you got that on the sidelines. You're asking. Reggie Jackson, uh, who was a who was a very very good complimentary player turned number one option this year. Um, you're asking him to be a number one option. You're asking Marcus Morris, who you know was was a good number one option in New York for a brief stint, to go from fourth to first option alongside Reggie, like a one A one B type of thing. Um, I don't see how you can you know everyone's had to step their game up. It's, it's been an opportunity in some in some ways, but everyone's had to 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 step up their games. Literally from the first player down to the last player on the bench, the coaching staff from, you know, tied down to the, the, the trainers, like everyone's had to step their game up because um, of what they've had to deal with. Like this season is, is an incredible success already. Yeah, 100%. So if we're counting games that they've missed, guys, Marcus has missed 25, PG's missed 44, obviously Kawhi's missed all 70. Uh, Nico's missed 21. Those four guys, Marcus, Nico, PG, and Kawhi, have missed a combined 160 games. That doesn't account for Norman Powell, who only played three games for the Clippers and then has missed the last... How many has he missed now? Like probably the 
almost 10, 15? No, not 15. But he's he's missed quite a few. Um, like, it, it's just, it's astounding. It's really astounding. Um, I think I think Norm's missed uh, 13 games now. Thir- he's yep, missed 13. 13 of the 16 games. So that's 173 man games that the Clippers have lost out on. From what would effectively be five of the top players in your rotation, that doesn't account for Robert Covington having missed the last four games now due to personal reasons. Hope everything's going well with Rob. That doesn't account for Evita Zubats missing six games due to uh, two to a calf injury and four to health and safety. That doesn't account for Luke Kennard missing 11 games. It doesn't account for Isaiah Hartenstein missing a month due to a rolled ankle. Like, it is absolutely insane that this team is over 500. And you brought up something interesting. If they, if they go 6-6 six and six the rest of the way, they have 12 games uh, left in the season. If they go 6-6 six and six the rest of the way, not only do they finish 42-40, and 40, giving them a winning season, it'll be their 11th consecutive winning season, which is the longest active streak in the NBA. They already have it at 10. No team's up to 11 yet, obviously. So they would set the new active record. That is an absolutely astounding fact to to know because, A, the season they've had this year, the season they had a few years ago where they went 42-40, and um, also with which was injury riddled, but at least they had Lou and Trez for like 80 combined games together. Like, it is absolutely astounding to me that this team, 70 games into the season, is still just chugging along. And look, I don't know how the next 12 games go. They're tough. It's Cleveland, Toronto, Utah, Denver, Philly, Utah again, Chicago, Milwaukee, and then it's New Orleans and then Phoenix. Those are the 10 games, and then they finish with Sacramento, OKC. I don't care how they do over the final 12 games. End of the day, this season has been highly successful because of the people they've been missing and how hard they fought their asses off and the job that Ty has done. It's it's honestly remarkable, man. Yeah, I don't really. Did you say it would be the eleventh consecutive se- winning season, which is which would be a record? Is that what you said? It would. It would be the longest active streak in the NBA. It's they're, they're, they have the longest active streak at ten. If they win, a, mm-hmm. if they have another winning season this year, they're up to eleven. That's the longest active streak. Got it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, 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 what they've done has been has been remarkable, all things considered. Um, I think a lot of fans would love to have, uh, you know, the guys back. Um, I think you know, just covering the team, it'd, it'd be it'd be fun to have the, the guys back. Uh, but I also think um, just you, you're able to see a lot of guys take on different, uh, more challenging roles, and you just kind of learn how to play within those roles. Like um, whether it's Terrence's back, a point guard, Amir Coffey just coming in and just providing a spark once they um, got hit with COVID. Uh, whatever it was, um, everyone kind of had a chance. I think, I think everyone, I think I would say at some point kind of had their, their shine this season. Um, I would say right now, probably Zoo's going through a bit of a, a good stretch right now, but, um, you know, Isaiah's had his, Marcus is going through a good one right now. Um, PG started the season off very hot. Um, again, from the, from the top down, you, everyone's really, really had, a moment or a stretch of games where you're like, all right, this guy left an impact. And I think that's uh, even Xavier Moon, like Xavier Moon came in, uh, you know, I think he's, he was the only player to sign three 10 day deals. I want to say, 
with for the Clippers, yeah, team? not not yeah. In, not in the NBA, not in the NBA because uh, Lance Lance Stevenson did it in Indiana, and someone else has done it. I think. No, at the time though, I, I think Moon was the first one to do it, um, and then a few other teams right. signed, signed their guys. Uh, but like he had don't for, by, like, by the way, Jackson, don't don't forget James Ennis in the game against Brooklyn. He had ten points. Yeah, yeah. So literally everyone who's played for this team has made some kind of impact this year. Um, and it's uh, it's just been it's just been really fun and really entertaining to watch. Um, you know, purely from like a basketball fan standpoint and from covering the team, it's just been really fun. So if I say to you, they could have their eleventh consecutive winning season, and then I tell you, they've only had six winning seasons in franchise history prior to this stretch, you would say, I I don't know what I would say actually. It's pretty damn. They've nearly doubled. Right? They've nearly doubled it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty staggered. So, and that's counting their entire franchise history. If you just look at Los Angeles history, so we're talking since eighty four, eighty five. Prior prior to two thousand eleven twelve, which is when they traded for Chris Paul. Prior to that, in LA, they had only had two winning seasons. Two. In yeah, in damn near uh, thirty years. I mean, it's not surprising though. They were they were going through some some very rough stretches for a long period of time, uh, which is why people say Clipper fans are among the most loyal in the NBA. Because if you're if you're still a Clipper fan through all this, you've uh, you've you've seen some shit and possibly literal shit uh, before you got to you know this this current uh, I guess era or regime, whatever you want to call it. Era of not shit. Yes, the non-shit, the the good, the good shit era. Yeah, the the actual good, good shit guys. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy to think they could really finish over over five hundred. Now I, I I don't know if they do because the schedule is so daunting. Uh, they have, according to Tankathon, they have uh the toughest remaining schedule in the league by the slimmest of margins over the Lakers. The, the the Clippers' strength of schedule is .555, which means their average opponent rank is a five is a fifty five point five percent winning percentage, which is obviously a good team. The Lakers is .554, so fifty five point four percent. So it's it's literally just a thousandth of a point. Um, but the good news for the Clippers, and this is kind of what I want to talk about, the Clippers only have twelve games remaining. The Lakers have fifteen. Minnesota, who is the team in seventh has 13. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Um, Minnesota, as it stands, is in the seventh spot. They are four games up in the loss column of the Clippers. The Clippers are four games up in the loss column of the Lakers, who are in ninth. These are the three... The reason we're watching these three teams is because the Clippers can really only go up to seventh or they can only go down to ninth. The alternative is they stay in eighth. And the eighth spot is a very pivotal one because, as we all know, due to the advent of the play-in tournament that has come to the NBA in the last year and a year or so, ever since the bubble, it came it came into formation in the bubble. Last year was the first full season. That eighth spot is very critical because if you're in the eighth spot going into the play-in, you're guaranteed at least two games, two cracks at getting into the playoffs. If you win the seven-eight game, you're the seven seed. But if you lose the 7-8 game, you still have another game to get into the 8th seed. That is that is why that 8th spot is so pivotal. 
Minnesota's four up in the loss column. Minnesota's strength of schedule is seventh toughest in the league. Uh, obviously, it's slightly easier than the Clippers. Minnesota still has games with like uh, the Suns, who the Clippers also have a game with. But they also played the Bucks. They played Dallas twice, Chicago, Boston, Denver, yada, yada, yada. My question is, do you think the Clippers can catch Minnesota? Because the Clippers don't have to pass Minnesota. They just have to finish tied with them because the Clippers do own the season, uh, the, the head-to-head season tiebreaker. Do you think the Clippers catch Minnesota, yes or no? I don't think so, no. I think when, uh, I believe their remaining strength of schedule is seventh, so seventh toughest. Again, it's percentage points uh, behind the Clippers. Um, and Minnesota does have one more game to play. I, being four back in the loss column is going to be very, very hard to overcome, so I don't see it. Um, however, you're an ankle sprain away from, you know, losing your best player for a week or so. And that's about a handful of games right there. So, um, you, you never know. You, you really never know. This is why, this is kind of why you keep playing because, um, again, all you need is a tie and you're currently, uh, four games back in the loss column. Um, and Minnesota does have some tough games. I know the Clippers do as well, but, um, yeah, you never know what happens. The Clippers could get some players back and, and kind of kind of make a bit of a run there late. You really don't ever know. But I think at this point, dropping the ninth is, is probably not going to happen. I don't think dro- going up to seventh is going to happen either, but I think there's a, a more of a likelihood that that happens, um, climbing to the seventh than, than it is falling to the ninth. So Minnesota's next two games are San Antonio. Uh, if you listen to this podcast on Monday, uh, March 14th, uh, they, they play San Antonio in San Antonio tonight. And then Wednesday, they're home in Minneapolis against the Lakers. So those are their next two games. They're playing teams that are worse than them. The Clippers, meanwhile, are playing against Cleveland and then Toronto, two teams uh, that I believe Toronto has a slightly better record than the Clippers. Uh, yes. Yeah, they're 39 and 30, I think. They're 37 and 30. 37 and 30, yeah. So they're better than the Clippers. So the Clippers are playing two teams with better records than themselves. Minnesota's playing two teams with worse records than themselves. So that kind of lends you to believe Right then and there, Minnesota could really just kill any chance the Clippers have of the seventh seed. Also want to note with Minnesota, not only do they have the game with San Antonio coming up on Monday, they also have a game with San Antonio, uh, the second to last game that they play. And they also have a game with the Wizards and they have a game with the Rockets. So kind of good luck trying to catch them at this point. They're playing some truly not good teams. Well, uh- my only counter to that is they did just lose to Orlando on the front end of a back-to-back and beat Miami on a second night of a back-to-back. So, again, God it's one of those, like, anything can happen. Like, I don't know how you lose to Orlando. And then the second night, you beat Miami. Um, I mean, granted, I think they were without Jimmy Butler. But still, Miami's a pretty good team. So, um, uh, again, just kind of playing anything can happen, but it's, it's unlikely that they catch. I mean, yeah, uh, you, honestly, you never know what's going to happen on a night to night basis in the NBA at this point. So you're right there, but this brings me to my next point. If we don't think they're going to catch Minnesota, do we think the Lakers can catch them? Not, not when I say them, I don't mean Minnesota. I mean the Clippers. Do you think the Lakers could catch the Clippers? And I'm going to put this out there. If the Clippers were to go Owen 12 in their 12 games, just, Roll with me on this one, folks. I understand it's not likely, but just just go with it. If the Clippers were to go zero and twelve in these next ten games, the Clippers would finish at a four at a thirty six and uh, what am I trying to do the math thirty six and, and forty six record. 
So there you go. There's 82 games, 36 and 46. The Lakers, because they have 15 games, would have to go at least eight and seven because of the fact that they have to make sure that they not only do they catch the Clippers in the standings, they have to actually do one better than the Clippers because the Clippers own that tiebreaker. And there's no more games remaining between the two teams. The Clippers swept the season series 4-0, as we all know. So conceivably, Clippers go 0-12, which is the best-case scenario for the Lakers. Do you see the Lakers going at least 8-7? and I mean, has anyone watched the Lakers this year? Does anyone think the 29-38 and 38 Lakers are going to go 8-7 and seven in their final 15 games or whatever it is? <laughs> I don't. Uh, they have the second toughest remaining schedule, and um, they're they haven't won a game since the All Star break that Lebr- without LeBron scoring fifty. Like they've won two games, LeBron has had to score fifty in both of those, and they've won those closely. So I don't see how they they go eight and seven, um, close to close out the rest of the season. I, I just don't see it. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I just I just thought it was kind of interesting to, uh. To just more or less just note it. You know what I mean? They're I mean, Anthony what, Davis is pissed off the Suns, too, so the Suns are definitely going to beat them one more time. Um, And then, you you know, you're just, just looking at the rest of their schedule. I mean, who do they have left? Let's see. They have... uh, Toronto, Minnesota, Toronto. They have Toronto, yeah, in the front of the back. They go, and then they have a four-game road trip at Minnesota, at Toronto, at Washington, at Cleveland. Um... Come home for one game in Philly and then go on a three-game road trip. So they have seven seven of the rest eight are on the road. At New Orleans, at Dallas, at Utah after the one Philly home game. Like that's a that's a tough that's a tough stretch. Like that's the thing I forgot to mention. Easy by here in, in this in this stretch. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. That's the thing I forgot to mention. The Lakers are actually good at home. They're twenty and sixteen at home. So for anybody who can do math, that's 36 games. You play 41 at home, so they only have five home games remaining. The problem is they're 9-22 and 22 on the road, and they have 10 road games left. They have 15 games, five at home, 10 on the road, and they've been absolutely disastrous on the road. I don't even know the last time they've won a road game. I would have to actually go look this up. They have not won a road game. I'm looking this up right now. They have Brooklyn. not won a road game since January 25th at Brooklyn. So January 25th, almost two months. (laughs) They haven't won back-to-back games since uh, December 31st through January 7th. Just back-to-back, not even just, not even just one, obviously, or not even three or four. I'm talking like just two in a row. This team was 21 and 19 and actually looking like they were, you know, it was kind of slowly coming together. And then it's like every time they run up against a good team, something happens. And I mean the win against Golden State, notwithstanding, because that was crazy to see. But also, like you said, LeBron has to go for fifty, and then yes, or go for fifty-six, then he goes for fifty against Washington, and they're scraping by in these games. And then their defense is just non-existent when they go on the road. Yeah, they're scoring games. They're excuse me, they're scoring points. They're just not able to get stops. Like I don't know how you allow after a regulation game how you allow. Houston to get off 19 points in OT. Granted, they were feeling themselves a little bit. They they got some tough shots to go, but 19 points in a five minute overtime after you've played 48 minutes, like that's that's tough. I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen that. 19 points in one overtime like that. Um, so just 
And then they have a stretch of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven national TV games in eight games. So um, a real chance for the the world to, 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 to have a repeat of what we had last month of just, just flat out losses on national TV. I remember talking Philadelphia, New Orleans, Dallas, Utah, New Orleans at at Denver versus. I mean, oh, this is just a brutal schedule for them. They're gonna have a rough time. They're five and fourteen. Their last nineteen. Um, and to make matters worse, they're twenty fourth in offensive rating during that time, and they're twentieth in defensive rating. I need to look to see like what uh what it is where what they are on the road. So since since January 27th, so since January 27th, the Lakers have played 10 road games. They're 0-10, as we mentioned. They have the 24th-ranked offense in the league in that time, in the road games, and the 28th-ranked defense. They're giving up 120 points per 100 possessions. On the road, in their last 10 road games. Yeah, it's just not going to get it done. It's just not going to get it done. I mean, I, I, I don't think they guys the Clippers. I don't think there's any chance they cast the Clippers. They're, they're just they're just not good enough of a team. Um, I, I, if you need LeBron, I mean, if LeBron gets 50 every single game for the next three weeks, he's the GOAT. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's no way they, that he's able to do that. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree. Like, if he, if he went, for, listen, if he went for 50 each of the next 15 games, that's the greatest player ever. I mean, he might already be the greatest player of all time, but like, if he did that, it would be like, holy shit, like, this is the greatest player I've ever seen. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? So even if he is coasting on defense at that point, because if you're dropping 50, who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. So, I mean, at the, at this point, at this point, are you more in line with the idea that like the Clippers are just the eighth seed? Like they're just going to be the eighth seed? Yeah. I mean, it's looking unlikely that they catch. Yeah. I, I think it's gonna be, they're going to be the eighth seed. They're going to have to fly to Minnesota, um, win a game there, uh, which they've done twice this year. Um, granted they had PG for both of them. Um, and, uh, kind of just, I mean, look, you're putting a lot, uh, I think if you're a Clipper fan, I think just the one thing you have is that you have a guy like Ty Lue, who is the perfect game planner. And I think, I think like if there's one coach you want in a one game elimination, it's gotta be like, Ty Lue's gotta be like a top three option just because of his, the way he adjusts on the fly, the, the game plans that he, that he comes up with. And the the creativity and just the like fearlessness to try anything, even something wacky. Like we might think it was wacky, but like, oh wow, they're actually trying that. Okay, let's see how it works. Like he's willing to try that stuff. And I think in a one game elimination, uh, it might burn you. You never know. It might burn you. Uh, but I think it also has a good chance to succeed. And I think Ty is uh, Ty is probably the guy that you would want on your side in the one game elimination. I really think so. By the way, you mentioned that he'll try anything. He doesn't care. And I love it because that's the exact quote he gave. Remember that? He said, I try anything because I don't care. I don't care what people think. I don't care what y'all write and what y'all say. That's su- that's such an amazing attitude. I I remember because it was uh, it was after the, it was before the Knicks game when, when I when he asked Tom Thibodeau about him and he said he was kind of a gambler. Uh, and a risk taker as a player, and I asked him like, "What the hell? What, like, what did what did you do to make Tom Thibodeau say that about you?" And he's like, "Well, I just don't care. Uh, I don't care what you guys think. I'm gonna do what I think is right, uh, as long as I believe in my philosophy." And and it, he clearly does, um, and get guys to buy into it. Um, he's willing to live and die by it. So, 
Uh, again, that 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 to me is the type of guy you want um, on your side in the one game elimination. Like, all due respect to some of the other coaches in the league, um, Ty's shown his his creativity, his like just maneuverability with, with different guys. And we saw in the playoffs last year when he who did he bench? Zoo and Pat in the in the first yeah. round, starting Reggie yeah. and Nico against guys like Boban and Porzingis. Then in the second round against Utah, uh, I I think he's. Did he did he start Terrence Mann or did he start Zoo? I forgot who who it was. He started Terrence after Kawhi went down, but yeah, and he put Pat back in the lineup. Right. So like like this is a guy who's willing to bench Pat Beverly and Evita Zubats, who were basically starters. At least Zubats was when, when you know Pat was kind of injured most of the year, but uh, he was willing to bench starters for the better better than the team, and he you know the guys bought in, and I think when you that's not easy to do, both from a coaching standpoint and a personality like coach player standpoint. But they took it. Uh, they won the series, and I think for that, just for that alone, guys have bought into tie even more than maybe they would have before. So again, that's really the guy you want in a one-game elimination. Like, if you have to sit this game or you have to ask a guy to play a different role, like screw it, fuck it. Yeah, it's got to be done. Especially when you have uh, some new weapons in Robert Covington. Hopefully, he's okay and is able to come back soon. Uh, Robert Covington, maybe some other guys coming back like Norm Powell or PG. Uh, it's just, it's just, that's, uh, that's a lot of decisions to be made. There's a lot of decisions to be made in the next couple of weeks on the playing game. Uh, speaking of Norm, there's no new update on Norm. Norm's posted cryptic Instagram posts and IG lives and whatever. Maybe he comes back. Who knows? Um, he's still in a walking boot last time we saw him. Uh, Paul George, we watched him participate in a in a lengthy shoot around uh, what, like a week ago now? Yes. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, a week ago. Last, I think last it was Saturday. Saturday or something. Yeah. Last Friday, actually. Last Friday. Wait, what? Last Friday. Wait, what day was it? No, it was a Saturday. What? No, they faced Golden State be... last Saturday. Uh, then it was. Oh, no, I'm wrong. no, they played Golden State um, Tuesday. We, we saw him. Um, Oh my God! Look at us try to figure this shit out. Oh, I'm looking at the Lakers schedule. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm so dumb. I'm very dumb. You're an idiot. They, uh, we saw them on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. Saturday, March fifth. Saturday, March fifth. Okay, so we saw them that Saturday, and PG was on the court working out. Um, didn't participate in practice. It's worth. And it's, worth been... it's worth mentioning. I hate to cut you off. It's worth mentioning that there was a closed door workout going on. Uh, Justin was telling me he wasn't allowed in. And then after uh, something happened, he was allowed in and he saw PG shooting. So I'm assuming PG was going through some kind of high-intensity workout. And then he wrapped up his workout by just doing some shooting drills after, uh, which Justin says he was able to see. And then I got there and I saw as well. So I think that's worth mentioning as well. Uh, You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. So in the interest of bragging, I don't think it's a brag, but who cares at this point? I was the first person to get video of Paul George. Here we go. I'm just telling you. Because someone was still stuck on the 405 trying to get down to Inglewood. Or excuse me, not Inglewood, Playa Vista. Playa Vista. Everyone leaves your house about three hours before they're supposed to get to their destination, okay? I'm sorry. You just need to start preparing better. Them's the brakes. Sorry for driving behind slow Karen on the 405 in her white Civic, okay? Jeez. We're we're not doing this today. Um, But yeah, anyways, I don't know. Maybe he was going through some rigorous workout. I mean, he could. He really could have been. Um. But they then told me I could come in and watch, and he started shooting. So I I shot video of it, and 
we haven't heard anything since. Uh, we've gotten a lot of I don't knows and I didn't see and you know you can't remember. can't remember. Yeah, can't remember. Don't remember. Won't won't remember. So <laughs> you know I'm tired of this we've, shit. We've gotten all of it. Um, I there's no new update on Kawhi. Uh, when the team was in Golden State on March eighth, Kawhi had a quote unquote rigorous one rigorous one hour shoot around or shooting display in front of media members which obviously we weren't there was a road game but apparently he did that and we haven't had any new updates on that so we don't know what he's doing uh we have watched jason Preston work out and jason Preston, according to law murray of the athletic um jason said that he another i think at this point like two weeks right is that what jason said three weeks i did not see that so jason said he would be ready in like three weeks yeah uh, I think, yeah, I think it was about two to three weeks. Yes, I think you're right about that. Yeah, so in another couple of weeks, maybe Jason Preston returns. By then, the end of the G League season will be happening. So maybe he can get some time in the G League. I don't know. Um, but as far as Norm goes, I don't know. PG, I don't know. Kawhi, who the hell knows? Jason. Jason's the one we have a timetable on. So I guess we could just operate on that at least. But, you know... This team is basically patchwork together at this point, and they're just sticking together and winning games. So, so that's always a good thing. Which brings me to my, like, the main point that I wanted to ask you about, a main question. Do you think, and and if your answer is yes, I would like to know when you would do this. Do you think they should start resting guys to prepare for the play-in? And if so, when would you start doing that? See, that's a cheat because you know my answer is yes. Okay, well, I mean, I figured your answer was going to be yes because we've been cause we've been no, yeah. we've been clamoring for Reggie to rest for a while now. Reggie, yeah, uh, that guy, that guy needs a break. That guy, hundred percent, needs a break. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely start resting guys. I think um, I think once you're within, I, I would say, I think that the number of games left versus the number of games behind Minnesota you are or ahead of the Lakers you are, um, if it's if that's still close. Um, then maybe you, 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 tr- I mean, if it, if it's, if it's not, if it's more than the amount is what I'm trying to say. Like if you're five games behind Minnesota with four left, like you're banking on Minnesota going over four. So likely that at that point, you probably don't need the player guys as much. Um, again, I don't think the Lakers go eight and seven. I don't even think they, I don't even know if they get five wins over the next 15, uh, given the tenor on the road. Um, so I think uh, you probably start looking at around the end of March, March 31st, April 1st, that uh, that back-to-back. Uh, because I think they only have – that's the only back-to-back they have left besides the final two games of the season. So they have at Chicago, at Milwaukee, Thursday, March 31st, and Friday, April 1st. And then they have Saturday, April 9th versus Sacramento, and Sunday, April 10th versus Oklahoma City, both at home. So I think you, you definitely rest guys on, on those back-to-backs. Um, uh, in my opinion, uh, and I, I think uh, again, but if if you're still within like a game or two of Minnesota, you probably play guys. But I think uh, it's tough. I think even I think even without home court advantage, you could probably you could probably just start resting guys because again, one game elimination, you don't want anyone to go and maybe like a minor ankle tweak or just just something you know a pulled hammy or something that that could, that could hold them out of a playing game. You don't want to see that. So. Um, I think as soon as you uh, as soon as you have a good good idea, probably best to just rest guys. Well, they might start resting guys tonight against Cleveland. 
if, if, if Ty's demeanor is any indication. So, I mean, yeah, boy, that Chicago-Milwaukee back-to-back ain't fun, is it? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it'll be fun for both Chicago and Milwaukee facing a pretty tired team. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine uh, I can't imagine the Clippers are looking forward to that. That's, uh, that's a crazy back-to-back, for sure. The interesting part, too, is, like, just based on how the schedule is, right? Like, the last, like, eight or so games are when you start to kind of dial minutes back for guys to make sure they're fresh for the postseason or the play-in tournament, right? But for the Clippers, their last 10 games come over, like, three weeks. Because they play the 18th against Utah. They then have three days off. Then they play Denver. Then they have two days off. And they play Philly. And then they have three days off. And they play Utah. So in the span of like, I don't even know, in the span of something like 10 days, they play three games or two games or something like that? It's it's two games in nine days, yeah, essentially. Which is such a preposterous amount of time that it's like, maybe you don't have to rest guys if they're getting that much rest in the meantime because of how much time they're getting off. You know, we 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 talked earlier about the April 6th game, you know, coming up on ESPN against Phoenix and how before that's the New Orleans game. And it's like, well, there's two days off between that. And then there's two days off after the Phoenix game going into Sacramento, which is the start of the season and even back to back. So it's like, I don't know how much time they need to give guys off after Monday night in Cleveland because it's they're playing every other day. Basically, they have two more games after Cleveland, Toronto, and then on the road in Utah. And that's that's uh, with one day of rest in between each game. And then you get your three days off, and then your two days off, and then your three days off. It's like, how much rest in terms of actual game rest? Like, how many games do you need to rest guys when your schedule is looking like that? And that's a, that yeah, is that's a good point. But that and that's that's the thing that they have to navigate. It's not an easy thing to navigate, but it is something that they do have to navigate uh, coming up because you don't want to wear guys out going into the play in. And therefore, if you assume you're going to play in the play in, which they are, the play in game is likely to be April 13th, which is a Wednesday. You play a back to back on April 9th and 10th at home, and then you're going to fly to Minneapolis to play on the 13th. But how much time do you give your guys off? Like, do you give them off the 10th and then they're off for three days? Like your main guys. So I'm talking like Reggie, Marcus, Nico. And can you even afford to give them time off? Because it's, because then you're still playing like an eight-man rotation of just a bunch of dudes who they could get worn out or injured from the workload. And like that, that's the whole thing is like there's so many guys missing. How much, how much time? Like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's so many guys who are out injured you know, uh, or just, just gone. So like Roko, Kawhi, PG, Norm, and uh, I'm forgetting someone else, right? That's, well, that's four. And then I guess if you want to consider Jason Preston, that's five, but it's really four. Those four main pieces. So they're already out of your rotation, which means you're down four high level rotation guys. How many more of your high level rotation guys can you afford to rest without sending other guys into the red zone? for like fatigue and stuff you know i'm gonna be honest you you rest everyone and you sign three 10-day guys 
and you let PG, Norm, and three 10-day guys play the games, the final two games, while Reggie, Marcus, Terrence, all those guys rest. That would be one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Just like, just like, Could just get imagine? like, just get like PG, Norm, Xavier, Moon, Chris Dunn, and like, I don't know, who's another 10-day guy? Can't uh, do like, Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn already got signed. No, to a 10-day, not the rest of the season. Okay. His 10-day well, will be up signed. by then, technically. So, oh my God, if the team plays that. I, I'm just saying, I thought this through already. I didn't really, but... Um, no, I mean, I, I guess at that point, you, yeah, you look at... Uh, by the way, you were right. I was wrong. It is two games in a 10-day span um, at Denver with three days off before that, then two days off after that. Philly, then three days off after that, then home Utah. Then it's weird. Then it's literally home Philly, home Utah, back-to-back Chicago, Milwaukee there, and then back home. <laughs> it's very strange scheduling. Um, I guess at that point, you, you probably um, – you probably don't rest them like game off. You probably just play them like 15 minutes or maybe like, you know, 15 to 20, you know, mid to high, mid, mid to high intensity minutes just to, just to, again, get their, get their game flow in, get, get their reps in, get their, uh, maybe you want to go over some new plays maybe um, and try to try to incorporate anything you you might want to work into the playoffs there. Um, other than that, I, I don't know how much rest they'll actually need given again, the schedule is, uh, is, uh, pretty, pretty decent right now. So by the way, and I want to end it on this note, I am both impressed and ashamed of the Portland trailblazers. <laughs> it is, is very uh, impressive. No team. It is. I, I just want to say I'm, ve- I'm very impressed by how shameless they are. Their injury report, they play tonight. When you listen to this, they're in Atlanta. Okay? Here's their injury report. Eric Bledsoe, out. Hasn't played a game with them. Joe Ingles, out. He's out for the season. Damian Lillard, out. Nazir Little, out. Didi Luzada, out. Yusuf Nurkic, out. Anthony Simons, who's having a crazy great year, out. Justice Winslow, out. I, I am so ashamed of this team. And impressed because despite all of this, they're two back of the Lakers in the loss column. Two back of the Lakers for a playing spot in the loss column. They're tied in the loss column with New Orleans. And the Blazers have by far the easiest remaining schedule in the NBA. I think you and I looked this up earlier today. They have three games against teams with winning records. Yep. It's actually it's actually Portland is the easiest at point three nine five and Atlanta the next 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 hardest at point four six three. Point three nine five to point four six three. That is insane. Portland has Portland has three basically tough games in um Utah, Dallas, Brooklyn. That's it. Then they have Rockets twice, they have the Thunder twice, they have the Spurs three times and they've been kinda of mid. Uh they have the Pelicans twice, they have Pacers once who've been awful, they have the Pistons once. Like they have a very very easy schedule, and if they wanted to, I feel like they could have made the play-in tournament. Again, if they wanted to, uh, clearly, um, Eric Bledsoe, who suddenly had an Achilles injury after being traded, um, clearly this team is not interested in making uh, the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> look at look at how look at how well balanced their schedule is. They have a five-game road trip right now, then they have. A five-game homestand, 
and then they have a five-game road trip, and then one game at home to end the season. Five, five, five. Beautiful. Mm, <sighs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's honestly pretty. Here's the crazy part. Okay, the difference in schedule from seventh, which is Minnesota, to Atlanta in 29th is the same difference as Atlanta to Portland from 29th to 30th. In terms of opponent, opponent's winning percentage. Yeah, in terms of strength of schedule. <laughs> this is one of the easiest <sighs> strengths of schedules I've ever seen. And and I promise you, if Damian Lillard was playing and it was actually healthy, they might run the goddamn table. That's how See, bad that schedule is. I don't think I've ever seen a point three. I've I've seen it like point four one. I don't think I've ever seen point three nine. That's kind of that's kind I've of never awful. seen one in the threes. Never seen one in the threes. It's actually impressive. And I actually think it's gonna it's gonna go down even further because they're playing Atlanta tonight and it'll just it'll just plummet after that. And it'll plummet even further when they play Brooklyn on Friday. This thing this thing's gonna crater. Oh my god, it's gonna crater like crypto at this point. Jesus. Like the thing <laughs> the thing with the thing with Portland, they could very easily make the plan. They could easily make the plan, and it wouldn't even impact them because their lottery pick is is lottery protected. So if they made the play-in, say they made the 9-10 game in the play-in, and they lost the play-in game, they keep their first-round pick. They don't have to ship it out. So it's like, what do you, like, are you afraid your guys are going to actually win the games? Because they have to win two of them. It, it's, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say about it. They, they, they are clearly just not trying to, not trying to win. So, I mean, oh, and they split the season series with the Lakers, by the way. They are going to lose, uh, most likely, they will lose the conference record tiebreaker to them, though. So they'd have to actually finish with fewer losses than the Lakers to get in over the Lakers. And I haven't looked at the New Orleans tiebreaker for them. It's, I'm sure it's... Uh, oh, they've only played one time, and they have two left. So if Portland wins the last two of the New Orleans games, so if they win the, the next two against New Orleans, they win that tiebreaker. So... Yeah, they could conceivably make it. It just—it's just so asinine to me. Well, <sighs> I think that was my crypto. rant. I'm good. <laughs> Did you like that one? I've never heard you utter the word crypto like that. That's why I was a little surprised. I—I I mean, you—you've seen the muted words I have on Twitter, so for me to actually say the word is pretty incredible. My man said NFTs. <laughs> I, I have for people who don't know, I have the phrase NFTs muted on Twitter. So like I never see the word and it gives me such joy. It brings me such joy in my life to not see that. Also, right, anytime buddy, you type the words NFT, you get bots just commenting on your thing like, oh, sign up for this crazy shit shit or whatever. I don't know. Do you really? Anyways, yeah, if you if you if you have a tweet about like um I, forgot, I think Zoo wasn't Zoo the one who said the NFT thing. He had the quote. Where it was part of his quote. He said something about that, and like I had like three bots in my comments, like something, something NFT, and I was just like, go away. If you have bots promoting something, it's a scam. I like that is my giveaway. I'm sorry if we have listeners who are into NFTs or into crypto and they're making money on it. Good for you. I have nothing against you making money on that. Wait, I just. You're saying- you're saying people who you mean bots who comment on things are are scams? Okay, I know. I just that woman. That woman didn't right really now. want me to come over. Oh my god! Oh man! Damn it! Yeah, the Nigerian prince is not real. 
Sorry what to tell the, you. She, she said she was so lonely. <laughs> okay. All right. We're getting out of here, buddy. <laughs> we're going to, you know what? We might even record after the Cavs game. How about that? What do you think about that? Or, or, whoa, or, whoa, <laughs> whoa. You put me on the spot yeah. here, buddy. Whoa. Yeah. Or we could record Tuesday for the game on Wednesday. You want to do that there, little buddy? I don't know why I'm talking to you like that, little buddy. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Because you're 30 years older than me. That's why. Yeah, I mean, I am. I mean, my, <laughs> my, high, my high blood pressure is going to kill me. So, you know. Uh, we'll see. I, uh, we might be able to do Tuesday. Yeah, might be able to do Tuesday. All right. Tuesdays with Tomer only on Clip and Roll. Everyone have a good night. We'll talk to you. Tomer, say goodbye to the good people. Tell them you love them. I love all of you peoples. Make sure you subscribe to Justin's Patreon. Okay, And then stop. also read his work on Clips Nation. Stop. But also follow stop. me on Twitter. Okay, now really stop. Anyways, I want to say this. People, he just told you he loved you. Which is more than he's ever said back to me when I told him I loved him. That's what you all got out says, of that? All he says is, okay, that's nice. Yep. That's all I get. That's all I get. No, I call you a bitch sometimes. I mean, fair, but, you know. All right, anyways, all right, we'll see everybody later. Take it easy. We'll talk to you. Um, Stay safe. Do what you need to do. Stay hydrated. And if you absolutely positively can't avoid it, don't go driving anywhere. Gas is a nightmare. Take it easy, everybody.